Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about IVF, infertility, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby, and we're both card-carrying members of the Infertility Club. Hey, hey! Hello! How are you? How are you? How are you? My voice is very strange. How are you? (laughs) Do you and you... Oh dear. We're both a bit croaky. We're both a bit crazy. Crazy. Um, yeah, I hope you're all well. Yeah. Um, it's episode 12. It's episode 2.12. 2. 2. 2. 2. 2. 2. 2.12. 2.12? 2.2 spot 12. 2 spot 12. Um, anyway, we have a funny episode today. There's no seriousness in this episode, is there? No, not no. a single scrap. So what we've done is, next week in the US, it is going to be National Infertility Awareness Week. Yes. An exciting time for us all. Indeed. It's our time in the spotlight. It's, it's our time. Um, and instead of going to America, we <laughs> thought... Because you just did that. Yeah, exactly. We thought we'd do a little swapsie. Yeah. So we've um, we've done a swap with our cousins abroad. Yes. Our friends across the pond. Yeah. Um, and... You may may well have heard of Infertile Mafia, who are like, they're basically us, but American. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they've recorded, um, we grilled them, we asked them a bunch of questions, and they have recorded their answers. Yeah. And then we've done the same thing for them. Yeah. So if you want to go and listen to them, search Infertile Mafia, and you can hear us, like, taking the piss out of how English we are, yeah. essentially. We're just waffling on. Yeah. Um, so it's really fun. Yeah, it's a, bit of, it's a bit of a laugh. Yeah, and you can find them on Instagram, you can find them on Twitter and on Facebook. They've got a really good Facebook page, unlike us. Yes. Um, and it's just Infertile Mafia for all of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just, it's a really good podcast, isn't it? Yeah, they're great. They're just really, they're really knowledgeable and they're not afraid of poking fun at this shit situation in a similar way to us. Yeah, they're funny. So it's a pleasure to have them. Yeah. We hope you enjoy them, their residency. Yes. Um, Gabs, uh, we're talking about your transfer this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gabby's transfer, the two-week wait. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I am doing a audio diary of my two-week wait, so this is not what you're going to hear. No. What you're going to hear is me meeting Emma halfway through that week and just talking a little bit about 
what's going on in my head. Yeah, we, I mean, we talked mainly about the transfer, didn't we? Yeah. 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 Um, and then, yeah, and then next week we'll hear the result. The full shaboozle. The, f- the full shaboozle. If only I could listen to it now <laughs> and gain some sort of future knowledge. <laughs> um, and then we've got Professor Tim again. Yes, of course, as always. Um, and he is talking about a subject close to my heart. Mm. Again, um, and that is: Are you more fertile after an HSG or a high cozy? If you don't know what those things are, listen on. Indeed, yeah. I've never had either. I've had one twice. Oh, very good, mm. very good. In other news, guys, we have a little ask for you. So many of you might be aware that the British Podcast Awards is happening, and um, sadly, despite our best efforts. And some really stellar um, award nomination filing. Yeah, from both up on both our parts. Yeah, exactly. We were a dream award. Yeah, team. we did some great. I don't know what's it called. Oh, entering. Entering. <laughs> we did some great entering. <laughs> we did Not some really as great exciting entering. as it sounds. Um, and we didn't get nominated for anything, guys. Fuck all. Um, but there is a. Listener's Choice Award, which you can go on. If you go onto the British Podcast Awards website, there's a little thing that says vote, and you can go on there. There's a field, and then you just put big fat negative in, and it allows you to give us a little vote, which um, we just really appreciate it. Yeah, it'd just be good to get us noticed. And um, yeah, so please do go along and share your appreciation by giving us a vote. Shout out for your TTC sisters. Indeed. And while we're here, shout out to Sophie Solaria, whose podcast, Long Road to Baby, is nominated. Yes. And rightly so, because it's fucking brilliant. Absolutely. So, hats off. Yeah. Um, other notices. Oh, more other pa- notices. Parish notices. Oh, business at the top of the affair. Yeah. Um, so, Fertility Fest is happening soon. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. Which I'm super excited about. Very excited. I just thought there's a couple of events that sound really cool. Yeah. So I just thought I'd give them a shout out. Well, why not, mate? Um, so there's three, no, two, two that sound really cool. So obviously there's Avalanche, which is the play that has Maxine Peake in it. Yes. Um, and sounds amazing. And there are still tickets available for that. We're going on. We should be going Sunday? on the Sunday, the twenty eighth. Yep. Um, <coughs> one of them is the Invisible Man, which sounds amazing because it's basically all about men as part of the infertility journey yeah and there's like there's a few performers there so there are um a guy called thomas webb who's a filmmaker um a guy called toby peach who is a theater maker Ooh, i've never heard that before also bob strawbridge oh husband of cat's husband oh father of baby bobcat oh amazing um and a guy called Ellis Matthews, who is also known as the Rapping Reverend. The Rapping Reverend? Yeah. Who are? They're, they're all going to talk about their kind of experiences. Yeah, which is important. So get your guys out of their man caves and drag them along to that one. Because I think it's important. Yeah, just like give the shout out to the men. I'm shouting out all the time today, aren't I? I'm just all about the shout out. Shout out. You shout out crazy. I am. Um, the other one is TTC Day which is on Sunday the 28th of April, mm-hmm. um, which is the day that we're going to see Avalanche. And um, if you get a ticket for this, you get, you get a free ticket for the matinee. Oh. Um, if you email tracy at fertilityfest.com. Do it. With your booking reference. Come on, guys. Um, and TTC day is kind of hour and a half in the morning of that day. 
and they've invited um, a few people, people including movement expert Avni Trevedi and Professor Geeta Nargand, who y'all know, um, and Emma Cannon, who's a women's health expert, and Larissa Corder, who was on our menopause. She wasn't on the menopause panel, she was on the um, expert panel in the Thriver event. Right, but featured at our Thriver event. Indeed. It's a great lineup. Um, yeah, great lineup. So, oh, and somebody called Tamsin Jeffs from My Lotus. Oh, wow, My Lotus. Yeah. Our friends. Your friends. All our friends are on the panel. Yeah, not my friend, they're your friend. Okay, yeah, that's not Anyway, um, they, they'll all be there and they'll all be talking about TTC. Which is great. Yeah. Go along, guys. So, go along to that. All of that is available on the Fertility Fest website, fertilityfest.com. And there are obviously loads of other events. There are loads so of other events. go on, have a yeah. rummage around, see what you fancy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, those are the notices. Notices finished. Notices finished, complete. Um, other than that, please rate and review the podcast because mm-hmm. it makes us cry happy tears. It makes us cry happy tears, it's true. Um, and please follow us on Instagram at Big Fat Negative and on Twitter at Big Fat Negative and on Facebook Big Fat Negative. And you can email us if you fancy a chat Big Fat Negative Podcast at gmail.com. And that's it, that's a wrap. Emma, how have you been? Uh, pregnancy chat Clackson guys so weird, weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um I'm I'm not very well actually oh dear in fact I go as far as to say I'm rough as dogs oh no I've been really well I think basically I never get ill mm. and I think it's partly to do with what we were talking about the other week about folic acid and I've just been boshing it for so many years mm-hmm. and like you know like pre-pregnancy multivitamins yes that I'm just like a picture of health there's a force field around you exactly mm-hmm. um but when you're pregnant obviously your immune system is lowered oh is it so i've got my first cold in about a year right and i have googled can you die of the sniffles mm, okay um and not a known cause of death okay i mean obviously flu yes yes the flu is and, serious and much worse things but the sniffles no not a problem oh, feels like i'm dying though oh mate the cold the colds are the worst because everyone's quite dismissive of a cold yeah because it's like come on it's just a cold but actually they can be pretty miserable well when you're pregnant people are less dismissive oh uh, yeah i imagine so um i have had like people kept trying to send me home from work all right and i'm like it's really nice of them Hmm. But if I wasn't with child, they mm. wouldn't try and send me home from work. No. They might have done. Yeah, maybe. But I think at one point my boss was like, you know you've got a free pass, don't you? Mm. And I was like... Just get out of town. No, I was just like, look, I'm, I've chosen to be like this. Mm. Like, I've chosen to have a baby. I shouldn't be... I'm not more special than everyone else got a real issue with this haven't you i just i think as somebody look i i think it's really important that pregnant women get maternity leave and i think maternity leave in this country could be improved and mm-hmm. um, and maternity rights mm-hmm. are you know they're better than some places but they're worse than others and i would love it if we got better childcare mm-hmm. and things like that that stuff is important but making people who either don't have children, can't have children, have chosen not to have children, m- like pick up for people who have chosen to have children, 
I I just think it's unfair. Mm. I just mm-hmm. it it really gets me, and it's because you know I've had times where I've had colleagues who've gone home or not been around because they've got kids, and you know the thing is that if your kid is ill, that's one thing. Mm. You, there's nothing you can do about that. But if you're like you've got a cold and it's worse because you're pregnant, then just fuck off. Like. <laughs> You've got no sympathy for your I've, own self. I've got no sympathy for myself, even though I'm dying of the sniffles. <laughs> I just... So it's it's a bit... Oh, I don't know. I just... I find it hard to to deal with because I've been in that position where mm. I've had to be the one who's had to pick up. Yeah. Maybe you should just embrace it and be like, well, I will take all of these liberties that have been denied of me for all these well, years. Well, yeah, maybe I should. Um, yeah. I don't know. The thing is... I I feel like I'm saying this and I've worked with some people who've been pregnant and who've just been amazing Mm. you know um, like my friend Kat hi Kat if you're listening I don't know if you do listen but um, she just like soldiered through two pregnancies and was amazing Yeah, but there's you know I just I think this idea of because you're pregnant you're special I know I know but some people have very difficult pregnancies you haven't had a particularly difficult one apart from the issues at the beginning yeah, apart from the emotional issues at the beginning. Mm. And that is true. And, you know, I haven't experienced um, the nausea or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is is in a way a separate issue. I think my my issue, I guess, is with people being treated like they're special princesses. Yeah. You know, if okay. you've got something that's it's actually a problem and it's actually wrong, then, God, like, yeah. who am I to judge? But if if you're being treated like a special princess just because you've got a baby in you... No. So so I didn't go home until... You didn't go home? No. You soldiered on. Well, and then one of my colleagues was like... <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is quite funny. So I also, yesterday, happened to get really swollen ankles, which was a surprise to me at 21 weeks. Like, it just came as a surprise. And so I walked into my office and was like, guys, look at my ankles, they're fucking mental. And they all, like, laughed at me and I laughed at myself. And um, and then it got to like four thirty, and one of my colleagues was like, "Emma, you should go home." And I was like, "I'm fine. Honestly, I'm fine. I'm really not feeling that bad." And she was like, "No, I was thinking of your ankles, actually. <laughs> Get them out of my sight. I can't <laughs> look at them anymore." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I'll go." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that, the thing about like being ill at work that I always kind of forget when I'm ill myself is that people want you to go home because they don't want to pick up your yeah, illness, like. Yeah. People don't want to catch your cold. Yeah, that is true. So maybe I'm just a, a really bad colleague. <laughs> I always, like, whenever there's someone across the way from me, like, sniffling and sneezing, I'm just like, just fuck off. Yeah. Home. Just yeah. don't don't bring that here. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird that you feel like you have to be in. Yeah, you do. You feel like you're letting the team down. Exactly. There was actually an article about it in the Sunday Times that we, you know, it was comparing us to the French who definitely take a day off and okay. they have a sniffle. Whereas we soldier on and like go. It's Adam Kay actually wrote it. Oh, I love him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It's an interesting phenomenon that we do just go in because we're hardcore. We're, oh, are we hardcore? I don't know if we're hardcore because then you sit there and you're like, I'm so ill. Yeah. Oh. That's but true. <laughs> maybe we're just like martyrs. Yeah. Yeah. That'll, that'll be it as well. Yeah. Oh, oh now I regret not having the day off. It's also because I had Thursday off because I went to see my mate. Oh yeah. Um, so I felt bad taking two days off, yeah, even yeah, though yeah. Thursday was a holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah. Don't I be mean, guilty, dude. I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, should I tell you what else happened this week? Go on. I have my 20 week scan. Oh, that's a big deal. You Forgotten about that one. <laughs> and? Everything's fine. Okay. I mean, it's like, um, so it's called an anatomy scan, right? Mm. And they go through all the bits of your baby. Right. So they go through, um, they look at the kidneys, they look at the heart, they wow. look at the blood flow through the heart and through the cord. Wow. Umbilical cord, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, and they look at the spine and just make sure everything's okay there. So they'd be able to see if it had spina bifida, for example. Mm. Um, and all this mad stuff. And it's just insane. And so I had a very similar one um, a few weeks ago because we went for like a kind of interim one mm. and it just ended up being like that and I didn't I hadn't really expected it yeah okay um, but it's a lot of detail and they look at like things like the lenses of the eyes fucking hell how do they look at those they just like they go on so they do like three planes so they do like the you know side view of the baby mm. top view of the baby and bottom view of the baby I think and they do rear view actually that's four. Are the baby's like translucent mm. at this point well, I think it actually is, but also don't forget it's a it's an ultrasound, so oh, bone is true, the thing. Anyway, Duh. it's incredible, just like just incredible skill from the sonographer, and I had yeah. quite a like stern Russian sonographer. Oh wow! Yeah, Fun. she was quite like, and um, and I took my mum, my mum cried. Oh, yeah. bless. So that was quite funny. That's nice. Um, well, it's not nice that she cried. But <laughs> no, quite no, sweet. she cried with happiness. Yeah, yeah they yeah. were happy tears. Yeah. Um, so that was funny. Yeah. It was. Well, congrats. Is that it now? No more scans, or are you I gonna have so. some? You're gonna well, the baby was breech, which I don't understand because as we watched, it did a somersault. So it'll do multiple somersaults. Yeah. Daily, probably between exactly. now and when so I don't D-Day. know how she decided it was breach because at one point it can't have been. I, anyway, whatever. Oh, also, um, I had like while we were in the waiting room, I had just eaten a tracker bar, like which is one of those cereal bars that pretends it's healthy but actually isn't. I fucking love tracker bar. They're delicious, but they're full of sugar. And when I went in about five minutes after I ate the tracker bar, the baby was jigging about like it was jumping around. Wow, sugar. And the sonographer was like, have you just eaten some sugar? And I was like, yeah. Yes, and then I, I was have. like, I'm not ever eating sugar again, because mm. that is a crazy effect. Could you feel it? Yeah. Are you feeling it? I'm starting to feel it, yeah. I feel little jabs. Yesterday, yesterday I went to the pub with John and a couple of his mates. Mm. And um, we were sitting there and it was starting to jab. And so I put John's hand on my stomach and was like, feel this. And he felt something. And I was like, he was like... Felt really, it felt like you were about to do a fart. And I was like, yeah, that's it, that's it. <laughs> and um, Just like that. And he was just so unmoved. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe you're not freaking out. And he was like, I'll freak out when I see a hand through your stomach. God, he's so hard to impress, John. He is so hard to impress. Jesus. I know. Well. Anyway, so that is, yeah, that was my week. Mm. Probably should have started on the scan and ended on the cold. <laughs> but... The cold go. is obviously more important to you right now. <laughs> it just feels like so long ago. Wednesday, <laughs> Saturday today. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate. Um, more importantly, can you pass my tea? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <Okay>. More importantly, <laughs> mate, how are you? Um, are you all right? Yeah, okay. I'm all right. I'm all right. God, like, it's so funny. Like, it's such it's such a head fuck. 
The whole thing is a fucking head fuck. It's unbelievable, isn't it? I remember, like, when I first realised that the two-week wait is only actually, like, ten days or yeah. something. And you're like, oh, like, it's going to be a breeze. Like, God's sake, come on, guys. It's only <laughs> ten days. What's wrong with you? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, it's just under a week now till I find out. And I just don't know how I'm going to get through the week. I just don't know how I'm going to fucking survive. It's just constant. It's so Back hard. and forth in my brain. Um... But yeah, anyway, the um, I won't talk too much because obviously I'm doing a audio diary for everyone. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I um, I've been doing some fun googling. Of course you have. What have you googled? Have so, you got a list? Well, I I mean obviously I've been googling the normal things. Like, should I be feeling symptoms? What would be happening now? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. But um, so the so the day of the transfer. I got back to the house and um, we were like deciding what to do. I was kind of lying down, like chilling out. My husband was in the garden and then we were like, why don't we bake a cake? And I was like, well, that sounds fun. So we hopped in the car and I drove us to the big Sainsbury's (laughs) and uh, I waited in the car whilst my husband went in and grabbed the cake ingredients and uh, went over a couple of speed bumps on the way to the Sainsbury's and then fucking freaked out about the speed. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I've like... Dislodged the embryo and like <laughs> sent it like going crazy around my. I was like, oh my god! So I started googling that like crazy. Yeah. Can I just say there is no, no record, no of, Google precedent. No. <laughs> You're the only woman that has ever googled oh that. Oh my god! I drove home so carefully. <laughs> I was just like, oh my god. Um, and then the other day I googled um whether cats purring could encourage implantation. And the answer. There is no answer to that either. <laughs> no one's done a study yet. No. Well, my cat was sitting on my lap and I was, and it was purring and I was like, oh God, because there's something so primal about purring. It's yeah. just such a comforting noise. I was like, surely that is kind of lulling the embryo into like implanting. So I thought I Googled, but I got nothing. Did, you, did the cats react weirdly when you came back from your transfer? Uh, they definitely have been trying to sit on me a lot. But, I mean, it's just probably... I think I'm projecting a lot of stuff. Like, I'm projecting symptoms. I'm projecting the cats treating me differently, you know, giving me a, a knowing look. Yeah. So the cats know I'm pregnant. The cats know. Cats, they can smell it. Yeah. Um, when I came back from my embryo transfer, my cat jumped straight on my lap. Really? Which was weird because she normally goes for John. Mm. It was really unusual. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was like... Mm. Maybe. I'll take that as a sign yeah, then. Yeah, exactly. It's a sign. Um, but yeah, it is. Um, it's deeply unpleasant, basically. Just not knowing. It's just, it's horrible. Um, and yeah, I will continue to not know for for another week. Fuck. Um, but I did watch, I watched um, Amy Schumer, uh, her stand-up show, Growing. The pregnancy one. Yeah. Oh my God, that's brave of you. I know. But I didn't find it like triggering or annoying or anything i just actually fucking enjoyed it it's very good it is is good yeah um she's a pregnant it's me in that she is she yeah oof yeah yeah she's a lot bigger than you yeah she is um she oh it's just it's just brilliant yeah it's very very funny she does take the mick out of pregnant women as well which you know massively we can really chuckle along with when you're not pregnant yeah when you're on the other side of the fence like most of us you can have a good giggle um uh but yeah i enjoyed it Okay. That's good. Cool. So are you mainly just giving yourself big distractions? Trying to. Um, I wasn't working for the first... T- so obviously not day of transfer and then two mm-hmm. days after I didn't work. 
Um, and that was probably harder going like doing doing work took my mind off it quite a lot, which was good. Um, and but it's impossible not to re- be reminded of it constantly when I'm putting pessaries in three times a fucking day. Oh my god, yeah, and, absolutely. You know everything else. Yeah, it's kind of impossible. And injections and pills. Yeah, it's just a nightmare. Fuck that shit. <laughs> um so yeah i you know it feels weird it also feels weird i had this weird moment the other day when i was doing my audio diary and i was like god i'm gonna listen back to this and i'm gonna know whether it worked or not at some point and that freaked me out because i was like speaking to my future self and i was like my future self is going to have more information and is going to probably look back at this and think what an idiot no she did not look listen to the hope in her voice what an idiot you know i was just that freaked me out I mean, that's really dark. <laughs> it's quite dark, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, my head, my brain is going to some dark places. Definitely. I think my main feeling during my two-week wait was I wish somebody could put me into a coma. Yeah. And I could just wake up in yeah, yeah, yeah. two weeks. I was doing that thing, you know, they do in mindfulness where they're like, the thoughts... Is it mindfulness or is this just maybe CBT where you're like, your thoughts are, are not you. Like you could just get rid of those thoughts. Like those thoughts have happened, but that's fine. Just don't, you know, yeah. we just send those thoughts away. So I was doing that in the small, small hours of this morning. So, it's so hard. It's fucking hard. It's just horrible. It's torture. It it's is. genuine torture. And so obviously my resolve to not, not test early is starting to slip of as course. well. But I think, I think, well, so the the day that my official test day is actually the most convenient day for me to test mm-hmm. because it's, um, I'm not at work that day and I don't have anything to do. And so I can just cry all day or yeah. I can like just sit and f- probably just smile and, and look at the wall like an idiot. Um, <laughs> start giggling miscarriage symptoms. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start that process. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was wondering because I'm waking up. Because I'm okay. Because I'm drinking so much water because mm-hmm. I think my body needs it, and also I've been told to as well. Yeah. Um, I'm waking up at five a.m. needing a wee. <laughs> like, how f was your mu? Do you know oh, what I mean? Like, I mean, I did it at four a.m. You did it at four a.m. Yeah. Okay, right. Because um, I couldn't sleep. <laughs> yeah. I woke up at four and was like. I'm just going to do it. I th- actually, I think I woke up at three and lay there for an hour, trying not to go for a wee. Mm. And then I was just like, fuck this. Because I'd said that I was going to test at five mm-hmm. because um, that's the time around the time that I normally wake up. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to be ridiculous about this. But obviously I just <laughs> We say it. that to ourselves about so many things. I'm going to be logical and cold. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, yeah, okay. So it's going to be like five in the morning probably yeah oh, mr gabby's gonna love that mm, i reckon he'll be awake too mm, maybe i basically i got up i remember it so clearly i got up i poked john and went i'm going to test and he went oh why <laughs> and then um i t- i took the test and then i just handed it to john oh wow okay and was like you're fucking reading this i'm not looking at it Oh, wow. And that's when you can hear him being like, I think you're pregnant, mate. Actually, I don't think you can hear that. That's that's what he said, though. He was like, I think you're pregnant. Oh and I was God. like, what the fuck? Oh, uh, yeah, I, f- I can't even think about that, to be honest. I just can't even think about it. Yeah. It makes me feel sick. Don't. Oh, do you have tests, though? No, not yet. Okay. So I'm going to... This is my plan. Okay. I'm going to have at least two in the house. Yes. And I'm going to get different brands. Mm-hmm. My plan is... And we're not affiliated to any of these brands. Yeah. Clear Blue. Yeah. 
And first response. First response is the best one. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Pink dye. Pink dye. Yeah, I knew there was something about dye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're not affiliated to any of these brands. But if you'd like to be, please get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the pink dye ones. Because um, I took a blue dye one as my like second test and like barely showed up. Oh, right. Okay. Whereas the pink dye was like pink. 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 Okay. All right. Pink it is. Yeah. And I get a blue one. What do you reckon to get two or just get two pinks? Well, I just use the... Um, I, so first response comes with two. Oh, with two in the pack, of course. Um, and then I just use the NHS issue one that they gave me. Yeah. Okay. Oh, did they give you one? Yeah. I didn't get one. Oh. Bastards. Shit. Uh, kind of service do you have? I know. What's Keep fun? going on about how great your clinic I is. I know, and I do love it, and it is fantastic, but that, come on. <laughs> they also promised me, well, one of the nurses, my favourite nurse, promised to give me more pessary um, insertion tools. Tools? Yeah, there's these tools. I don't have tools. Oh, I've got a tool. It like catapults. You like stick it in halfway to, and like press the button and it catapults the what? pessary in. I just like stuck it in like a tampon. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I've got like these things. But wow. I've only got like one per pack. So you're reusing these um, tools, plastic tools multiple, multiple times, which is grim. Anyway, obviously I'm washing it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So tell me this. So when you got in touch with your clinic, and I know all clinics are different, so mine might be different as well. So when you told them the result, and obviously yours was positive, yeah. when did they want you to go in? Did they want you to go in for a beta? No. They didn't want you to go in at oh, all? Oh, no. So um, my clinic, they were like, well done, let's book you in for a seven-week scan. And oh. it was amazing because when I had a negative, I emailed them and they didn't reply. Mm, yeah. And when I had a positive, they emailed, I emailed them and they were like, congratulations, that day. And I was like... God, do you think actually you want a faster response for a negative? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they booked me in for a seven-week scan and then I had, obviously, the bleeding incident. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to the hospital, the EPU, mm. had a bit of a disastrous thing with that. Mm. And then, um, and then my clinic were like, because the EPU was associated with my clinic, mm. um, my clinic were like, look, we'll, t- we'll take over here. We'll d- start doing the beta tests. Thank so God. I had the first one at the EPU and then after that it was all at my clinic. Okay, so they don't even want you to come in. That's like, God, it feels like you're so on your own, doesn't it? Yeah, you do. I th- yeah, you do feel that. Like, I felt quite on my own from after egg collection, to be honest. Because really? yeah, because they didn't really they didn't do much in the way of monitoring before embryo transfer. You just go in for a scan, mm. and that's it. And then if the scan's okay, I had a blood test as well before. Did you? Mine, yeah. Mm. I just yeah, it's all a bit. I mean, if things start getting complicated, then they they my clinic was a lot more. They would yeah. monitor quite heavily, but um. <laughs> Yeah, they were quite hands-off. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I fully expect... I hope my clinic is... I'm sure they'll be great because they just are great. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's just good to know what you have to do next. Oh, fucking hell, man. Can't deal with this. So hard. (laughs) It's horrible. (laughs) Like, watching it go in. Like, you watch it fucking fly through a catheter into your womb. It's so weird. With your eyes. You watch it with your eyes. And then it's really fucking hard to pretend like that might not work. Do you know what I mean? You're like, well, not pretend, but like remind yourself constantly that that might not work. Because you've seen it go in. Yeah. Little bastard. (laughs) Yeah, it's really weird. And also when, like, with me, when I had my negative one, I was like, 
but how? I saw it. Yeah. It was there. Yeah. It was right there. And they were like, it's a perfect embryo. Yeah. It's defrosted properly. Everything's fine. And then you put it in and then it doesn't work. And then you're like, it's my fault. And it's confusing. Yeah. But it's not your fault because who knows what that embryo was saying. Yeah, exactly. You know, it looked great, but you don't fucking know what these embryos are saying. Yeah. Mine looked great. Who fucking knows? It's it's, in, it, it's ridiculous. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, shout out to everyone that's going through this. It's <laughs> fucking shit. Um, I just wish... Uh, it's just so dangerous to be hopeful all the time. Yeah. Because I have, like, I've allowed myself to kind of think positive thoughts like and like explore more thoughts you know yeah. usually you shut them down you're like no don't think about that yeah but i've kind of been exploring them a little bit yeah but equally obviously exploring the other side quite heavily as yeah. well <laughs> yeah but that's what happens i remember like with mine it was i was really negative until about day six and then those positive thoughts started to like come through and i was like fuck off yeah get back yeah it's not safe for you here <laughs> yeah. but they were there just like nudging through oh. and then by the end i was like more positive than i was negative and i was like i hate this mm. yeah well what will be will be right it's either worked yeah. now or it hasn't it has. the day i'm on yeah cuz we're on what day day 6 day 6 6 dp 5 dt exactly exactly and so yeah it's either implanted or it hasn't so what will be will be shit mate should we go and get coffee yeah let's go get fucking coffee (laughs) ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Kayla <laughs> and that's Sarah and today we're special guests Woo! with the BFN podcast. Woo-woo. That was a totally lame introduction. We are from the Infertile Mafia. 
podcast. We are over in America. And that's Sarah. Yeah, and that's Kayla. And that's yeah. how we normally start our episodes, and we couldn't figure out how to <laughs> introduce ourselves. You know, the easiest thing you could do, just say your name and who you are. It is not the easiest so thing. It's very awkward. It is awkward, but that's that's good, because we're good at being awkward. We are super excited and pumped to be uh, featured on the Big Fat Negative podcast. We're big fans. Yes, we are. Of Gabba. I did it again. <laughs> she, she puts your names together. It says Gabba. No, I, I said Gabba and Emmy. <laughs> Which, you know. Sorry, guys. It works. That's your couple we're, name. We're, that's your, that's your <laughs> ship name, as the kids are saying nowadays. It's Gabby and Emma. We're big fans of Gabby and Emma. I feel like we have a lot in common with them. We do. I feel like Emma's the me Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Emma doesn't have tubes, so. (laughs) So, yeah, we have some questions from them, and they sent us some questions. We sent them some questions, and so let's just get started. All right. Do you want me to read the first one? Sure. Sarah? Yeah. Okay. Why did you decide to start a podcast about infertility? Okay. We need to back up because... We, this is a question later on, but we, we met on YouTube. And so we knew each other from YouTube and then we both kind of stopped doing YouTube. Like it was very sporadic. So we were texting and we're like, yeah, I miss doing YouTube, but I don't really want to be on YouTube anymore because, you know, cameras not looking so great (laughs) nowadays. And um, I was like, it'd be fun to do a podcast. And you're like, yeah, I've wanted to do a podcast. And so we're like, let's do a podcast about infertility. Was that how it went? Am I remembering it right? Uh, Pretty much. We just, we, I think we found ourselves in this weird. So Sarah and I were both successful with IVF. We do have children. Um. But then we found ourselves in this weird chasm, like, between our infertility community and then, like, mom people, you know? And we didn't really feel like we totally fit in either category, but we were, we, re- we definitely found that we were identifying more, much more with the infertility community than we did with kind of the mom community. Yeah. <laughs> Which was surprising, I think, to both of us, but... We just we wanted to find a way to stay connected to people who were still going through infertility. And we wanted, even more importantly, to be able to give them a voice. And we felt like a podcast would be a good platform for that. So so we started the podcast with the intent, like, we always offer our own opinions easily, of course. But then we wanted to create a community by sharing the voices of other people, too. So we just, right, we wanted to provide some something that... Um, could be comforting and empowering in what is a, like normally a very lonely and isolating experience that you hopefully laugh a little bit along the way. Yeah, that yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, so brief 30-second history of your TTC journey. Uh, okay, so mine, we started to try to have a baby in 2013 through like weird periods and stuff and like pain I went to the doctor and then discovered that my tubes were blocked and full of fluid and then I had them removed and so getting your tubes removed 
sends you straight to IVF. And then we had it fail at our first clinic and we went to a new clinic with a little bit of a different protocol and then we were successful. Yay. Yeah. That was less than 30 was seconds. I wasn't looking at the yeah. clock. You tell us yours. Um, so Bill and I tried for over a year, saw a doctor. Um, I was diagnosed with MTHFR and he was diagnosed with male factor infertility, specifically his morphology. Um, we did two unsuccessful IUIs. Those were super fun. Then we moved on to IVF. Um, we had two failed transfers that both ended in a miscarriage or a chemical pregnancy, however you want to look at it, but neither one of them obviously um, resulted in a live birth. And after two failed transfers, I was kind of like, hey, what's going on? And my RE at the time recommended seeing a reproductive immunologist, and they do immune therapy um, for treatment of fertility, infertility. And so um, working with her, that reproductive immunologist, we did a third transfer of two embryos, our last two embryos, in fact, and and it worked. And I now have um, almost three-year-old twin daughters. What to you is the best thing about privatized healthcare and the worst? Um, the best thing, I think, about privatized healthcare is you can go when you want. You don't have mm -hmm. a bunch of barriers. And uh, the issue with that is it's expensive and a lot of insurance doesn't pay for it. And yesterday, New York passed that uh, insurance has to cover IVF. Did you see that? I did, of course. Yeah, yeah that was great. Anyway, so that awesome. I mean, that's probably the worst thing is the price and the price creates a barrier for um, people who can't afford it. So right. that's, that's an issue. But I, I like that we can, like, since, okay, since our insurance doesn't cover anything, I can go wherever I want, depending on the price, of course, but I can go wherever I want and I'm paying out of pocket. So I'm like, I want this and I feel like I have more control. Mm -hmm. And they kind of, since you're paying them a lot of money and they can pretty much ask you to pay what they want you to pay instead of having to haggle with insurance, like we might get better, like more perks, I guess. Yeah. You said everything I, I was thinking of saying, obviously the worst thing is the cost. Like if I think with the NHS, like that they have in, in uh, Great Britain, every, like they have IVF for free, basically. Um, and so that's awesome for them. So that sucks for us. <laughs> for the majority of the United States still use utilizes privatized healthcare. So, um, but like you said, the best thing is you can, if you're not happy, you just go down the street to the next guy or you have the ability to shop around if you're paying out of pocket you can and and I do think that that does incentivize clinics and doctors to like be on top of their game because they know that clinic they they know that the patient can just like go somewhere else 
And yeah. so I do think that that does help incentivize them, like the perks you were talking about. Like it incentivizes them to um, create something about them that like makes you want to go to that place, whatever it is, whether it's a certain type of procedure they offer or even just like their quality of care, whatever, um, the fact that you're able to choose. And I think the wait times are less, right? And the wait times are certainly less. Even with just like normal surgeries, people are waiting years for some things that we can go get in a month. So that's, I guess that's a nice thing. So there's that. But there's pros and cons. There's a barrier to entry there too. So that stinks. There's also the other thing I thought is interesting. There's no like, um, basically anyone can do IVF in the United States if you want to pay for it. Whereas if you're on the if you're on the NHS, I think there are certain restrictions like due to age, due to weight, due to pre-existing conditions, like that sort of thing. And that's also not the case here. Yeah. And um, I'm, ta- I'm talking hmm. to people with no insurance coverage, like Sarah and I. <laughs> like, neither one of us had any insurance like coverage. we have insurance. I know that that's changing. <laughs> yes, we have insurance. The insurance it doesn't, just doesn't cover, cover much of fertility yeah. treatments. Right. That's changing rapidly in the U.S. So I know, like, even people just that I know our own listeners in the U.S. listening to this are going, no, I have fertility coverage. But a lot of Good people still you. don't. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still a little bit salty. You get a gold star. I'm still a little salty about it because they covered <laughs> nothing, like nothing at all. So what is the public attitude in the United States about fertility treatments? I think most people are still pretty clueless about it. Yeah, most people are um, stupid about a lot of stuff, though. So that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> right. I don't expect... Uh, the I don't expect the average person on the street to understand the inner workings of IVF. So I, what you know, that's fine. To but be fair, I think most people they don't know the inner workings of anything in their body. <laughs> they don't know that your vagina is not actually your vagina; it's your vulva. Well, they're not even sure how many holes there are. <laughs> right? They're like, I thought or you just like beat out your vagina hole. Or there's that um, that link that that girl in our Facebook group shared about the woman who asked, what kind of birth control are you guys using while you're pregnant? Oh, honey. Anyway. Yeah, I feel like most people have heard of IVF, but they don't really have like a real concept of what it is. Like their understanding is what they've heard through the media, like the way it's represented on TV or by celebrities. They think Octomom and uh, John and Kate. They think yes, who didn't even do and, IVF. So, right or an IUI. Yeah. Well, Octomom did. John and Kate did not. Yes. Yeah. Octomom's doctor got. Um, he's not a doctor anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As he should. So unethical. But, I mean, that said, I feel like most people are open-minded about it. Like, not all, but most. I wouldn't say it's, like, culturally taboo in most circles. I just think it's misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what we want to be here for, I guess. Like, to educate people. 
we're trying to mitigate that. I mean, kind of educate people, not really. Kind of. But yeah. We all know. We say it all the time. We don't know what we're talking about ever. <laughs> okay, what for you what has been the worst thing about infertility, Sarah? Uh I think the one of the worst things is waiting and not knowing if all the things you're doing will work. Yes. That I, that's the worst thing for me. What about for you? Um I think it was feeling hopeless um similar to like what you're saying the the deeper i went like the longer i was seeking treatment the more hopeless i felt it was like every test or every procedure that we did it was like uncovering another rock that we hadn't looked under and there was something else hiding and that just made it pile up like is this ever going to happen for me and i started to like lose faith in my own ability to do you know to like become pregnant and then carry a baby so I think that was really tough because when I first started I didn't feel that way I felt more confident or hopeful and then the longer it took yeah it was just a real blow yeah to my (laughs) well-being so I think that was probably the worst thing yeah what is something positive that you've gained or learned through the experience of infertility? I mean, I've learned that I'm stronger than I knew that I was and that I can handle more than I thought that I could. And I'm pretty proud that I was able to turn a really shitty experience into something really kind of empowering and something that, like, now that we've been able to create a really positive space from. And that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have gone through that. No, and I feel like I gained a community because I'm still friends with a lot of people from it. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, I agree. Mostly I'd say the relationships I've found with so many different people, like you and everyone we've interviewed on this podcast or... Um, people's stories that we've shared I love hearing all different perspectives and life experiences and we've just met so many wonderful people the infertility community is just super badass yeah it is (laughs) okay so how we touched on this a minute ago but how did you meet and what do you both do we met on YouTube in 2013 or 14 14 13? 13. I don't know. It was a while ago. In oh. the heyday of YouTube. <laughs> right. We painstakingly documented every detail of our experiences. Maybe too much detail. But that's how we met. And uh, that's kind of how, if you wanted to actually talk to people, you had to make videos yourself. It was a, that was, it's at the time, it was the it was one of the biggest ways people in the community connected to each other. And that's how we found each In fact, I think that what Emma and Gabby are doing is kind of like what we were doing with YouTube at the time, because the difference between the one major difference between us and them is that they are currently going through fertility treatments or like if you start at the beginning of their podcast, they, you know, 
they're starting through going th- so you you get to hear the whole thing in real time going through IVF yeah whereas Sarah and I are talking about it from the perspective of kind of being on the other side of that but that's sort of what YouTube at the time was for us was like going through it in real time yeah if you want to see us crying go on there <laughs> we didn't cry that much no some but I mean bit. a little bit a little bit I mean you have to this fucking sucks if you want views you gotta cry (laughs) (laughs) gotta get those thumbs up you gotta get your ivf to not work and people will watch that video right if you liked this comment in the comments (laughs) yeah (laughs) but that's how we met and we haven't actually met in real life never nope yeah we record remotely every week and we only know each other really in two-dimensional form. <laughs> That's true. So I think <laughs> I think we um, bonded over, I'd say, two things. Like our shared sentiments on infertility and how much it sucks. And the fact that we wanted to laugh our way through the process. So Yeah, your videos were back funny. Then, That's why I like them. Oh. Well, thanks, Sarah. Yeah. I just, yeah. I think we gravitated towards each other because we were both trying to not let it be such a drag and probably because of music which doesn't really have anything to do with infertility but no but the very first video i ever youtube video of sarah's i saw was she had a short platinum blonde pixie cut with a pink hello kitty electric guitar in the background and i was like yep we're gonna be friends i used to be semi-cool i mean no (laughs) no i i wasn't (laughs) but i still love hello kitty i don't know what it is i don't understand it but yeah (laughs) but what do you what that's a good segue into our professions i'm a musician which is why i was drawn to that I was a music teacher for a nonprofit for almost 10 years. I taught music in the public school system here in Chicago, uh, where there's so many schools that don't have any funding for fine arts. But um, blows my mind. (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah. No. They're like, um, what is a piano? But now I'm an assistant um, worship and music director at a church here in Chicago. That's what I do now. What do you do? I used to be a videographer i used to do wedding videos <laughs> i such a fun stressful job yeah i love weddings i still love weddings weddings are my favorite thing and i i just i don't know i'm not a sentimental person but every wedding i go to i cry even when i'm like behind the camera i'm like <laughs> a tear is silently <laughs> rolling down my cheek but you know I'm not like That's amazing. No, you're so person. non-emotional. I just love weddings so much. Oh. <laughs> but I, I don't do wedding videos at the moment. I also <laughs> my family has a family business and I do stuff there. But yeah, I'm majority stay at home mom. Okay. So why infertile mafia? Did you want to bring a bit of attitude to infertility? Yeah. Well, the original name, do you remember what it was? Wasn't it like F-U infertility uh, or something? Yeah, something like that. We're like, maybe we shouldn't have 
fuck in our title. Yeah, we're like, we won't go with that. It's a little too much. <laughs> a little too edgy. Right. But we wanted, I think we wanted the name um, to, like, be a group. Yeah, we we were sort of, like, going back and forth adjectives that we feel like describe the infertility community. And, like, what do we want, what kind of community are we trying to? to create like what what do we think of as the infertility community so it's kind of underground you know there's a lot of us hiding in plain sight so to speak and in some ways it can be secretive this world of infertility because it's not like you're out like lunch with your boss talking about your vagina but on the other hand it's full of total badass people who are really resilient and bold and most importantly really take care of their own like yeah, the mafia yeah. does. I, now it's all coming back to me. <laughs> we just felt like mafia embodied that description. If you if you send me one more fake pregnancy announcement, <laughs> I will cut you. I'm going to give you cement block shoes and throw you in the lake. I'm going to put you in the back of the car <laughs> and forget about it. You'll be swimming with the fishes. I'm not I'm not good at accents, obviously. <laughs> I know. We should watch The Godfather. Yes. Um, <laughs> so we should You learn. come to me or, on this day, the day of my embryo transfer, asking for a favor. <laughs> Isn't there something with a favor transfer. in there? Transfer. Oh, no. Anyway. Okay, so this next question. You both have children from IVF. How do you treat the subject of your children on the podcast? Do people like to hear about you talk about them? Uh, no. <laughs> people do no. not like to hear us talk about them, so we really try to avoid it. Because people really do not like when we mention anything that has to do with them. So we don't usually yeah no we we occasionally hear from some people who don't um don't even like that we reference that we're parents via ivf and we get it like if that's you and you don't want to hear from anyone who is not like right there with you where you are we're we're not offended if we're not that cup of tea we've always tried to be extremely mindful and respectful around this topic from the very beginning like when we started the podcast, we occasionally talked about Sarah's pregnancy because she was pregnant at the time from a frozen embryo transfer. But for the most part, you will not hear us talk about our children. So yeah, definitely not like everyday type of things. Oh, no. Yeah. The only time they come up is if it's somehow relevant to what the topic that we're discussing, which is not very often. So well, even then we wouldn't we don't, even... I mean, we don't try to hide them like, yeah. Yeah, we know that IVF success stories are actually, they can be very encouraging to some people, but we also know our audience. We know most people don't tune in to hear us talk about pregnancy or children, and we don't. No, and if, like, we may mention something in passing, and it happens to be someone's first time listening, and that's usually when we get, like, the hate mail (laughs) about it. I don't want to feel like we're lying about it, though. And people feel betrayed by us when they yeah. find out. Um, why do you think it's important to keep talking about infertility even after you've been successful? I feel like it's changed me. 
I feel like I'm a better person now. Not, I don't think it changed me for the worse, but there are people, there's always <laughs> going to be new people that find out they're infertile. And then maybe if you would have been talking about it, they'll be like, hey, I remember Sarah said she was infertile. And then they'll be like, hey, I am infertile. Well, I'm not. I, I've been trying to have a baby. <laughs> I mean, I am infertile, but people are usually like not upfront about <laughs> being infertile they're just like i've been trying to have a baby they're like everyone is pregnant or no one gets it can i talk yeah. to you and that's yeah that's why i think it's important to keep talking about it because there's always gonna be yeah. new people who are infertile unfortunately if everyone stopped talking about it the minute that they got pregnant or took home a baby there wouldn't be that many people talking about it and we'd all still be uh it, it would be even more kind of like uh, a bit of a like taboo topic than it already is just talking about it normalizes it for people and like i talked about earlier like it helps decrease the stigma and this isolating feeling that you're alone to me that's like the biggest thing is that by sharing our own stories and those of other people, all we want to do is like give people this sense of like, you're not alone, you can do this, create more compassion and understanding for for those people. So or maybe even that um, we're normal people and we, we, we're infertile, we are infertile and, you know, we're still getting on. Yeah, life. we survived. And in some ways, it is easier for us to talk about it now because we're further removed. So infertility still stings. Like like Sarah and I, we still get r revved up when we see like a fake pregnancy announcement or like have to go to, I don't know, like there's still certain, th like I don't enjoy baby showers. I don't, and I have kids and I don't enjoy that stuff. Like even when I see a pregnancy announcement on Facebook, a real one. Like, I still get a little twinge of jealousy. Like you. So it's just that thing, like, yeah, it still stings. It never leaves you. Um, but we are on the other, quote, the other side of it, so to speak. And so for that reason, sometimes I think it's easier for us to bring levity into the equation because we're not right in the thick of it the way that many of you are. And so yeah. we're trying to help you laugh a little bit. Like the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Right. Okay, last question. Yeah. Uh, How, if at all, has your IVF journey impacted your parenting? I don't think... Okay. <laughs> I've had to make decisions based on when we were going to transfer our frozen embryo. Like, babies, you really don't have to parent them. Like, you might be a little bit more scared when they're babies. I was a little maybe more scared because I knew I knew more when you know too much. Mm -hmm. But um, as far as parenting, now that our son is three, I don't think um, infertility has changed the way I parented. I agree. I don't think it's affected my parenting at all. No. Uh, I don't think I would have been a different, any type of different parent. Um, but I do think it definitely affected my pregnancy and oh so that yeah was one thing i wanted to add so while it didn't change much as far as my 
yeah it i think going back to the question of like the, the one of the negative things about one of the most negative things about infertility i think it really stole my ability to enjoy pregnancy i think it robbed me of you know you see most most people and this is a good thing most people they get pregnant somewhat relatively easy and then they have a relatively easy pregnancy and everything's great and they're able to kind of enjoy this miracle and they're you know it's the whole like she's glowing blah 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 <laughs> I just I never I could never breathe easy I was constantly anxious when I was pregnant and I think it's just because I knew what a gift I had and I was always afraid of losing it kind of thing so when you go through infertility or miscarriage pregnancy loss any of those things it's very hard to trust the process and think that everything's going to be fine yeah you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop I because it right. did that before so yeah I agree right. with that because I was super scared my whole pregnancy and I like I couldn't get attached like, I didn't let myself get yeah. attached or, like, enjoy it. So. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people go through that, and they think that once you get pregnant, like, everything's going to be great, and then you get pregnant, and you're, like, scared all the time. And But you feel weird right. because you can't talk to your infertile friends, and then your regular friends don't get it. Cause they're like, what? You're pregnant. Yep. You're fine. Oh, you're throwing up. Ugh. No one cares. Yeah. So then you're in a new world of isolation, actually, really. Yeah. So. So. And on that yeah, note. So that's a downer. That was the last but, question. <laughs> but that's kind of. We can't where end there. That, yeah. <laughs> the second time around was a little better, though. I will tell you that. That's good. That's good. So, yeah, that was all the questions from Emma and Gabby and Again, we thank them. I feel like we can't end on such a... Let's make up a question. Let's pretend like they asked us if we like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones better. Oh, Beatles. Stones. What? Who are you? How dare you? I like the Beatles. I just don't... I'm not... Like, I don't think they're the greatest thing that has ever graced the planet. Like some people do. I love the Beatles. Um, listen, <laughs> let me change my answer. I would pick the Beatles over the Rolling Stones, but I just, uh, it's my need to like go against. <laughs> like, were you one I of those know. people who were like, I liked the band before they got popular? <laughs> yes, that's totally me. <laughs> no, I, no, I like, I like the Beatles. I just don't, I, I get annoyed with the hype. Oh, well, I don't really listen to the Rolling Stones, so. Okay, they could have another great infertility um, theme song. You know which one? It just came into my head. I, I can't, can't get no, no satisfaction. Listen to the original, not the Britney Spears remake. Oh, Britney. <laughs> oh, Brit. Come on, girl. <laughs> okay, and on that note, hey, thanks so much to 
Emma and Gabby for having us on the Big Fat Negative podcast. Um, it was really fun to talk to you guys today. And thanks for coming on our pat <laughs> on our podcast. Our pad cost. The Infertile Mafia. If you want to hear their answers, you can go over there if you want. Uh, you know, it's up yep. to you. Available streaming now in iTunes. Yeah. Comment in the comments. No. Yeah. Thanks, guys, so much for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, wait. We should end it how we normally end it. Thanks for joining the BFN podcast. There you go. And bye. bye. Now it's time for IVF. What the F? It was a long pause. I know, I almost said Old Wives Tale. <laughs> it came back. It was like a uh, recurrent memory thing. Um, this is an interesting one. It is. It, well, it's a complete mystery to me because I don't know okay. anything about these things. So there is a whole thing, and I, I've had two HSTs. Yes. And there's this whole rumour going around on the internet that if you have an HSG mm. or a hycosy, yeah. which we will explain a bit more in a minute, yeah. you will end up more fertile and will therefore automatically conceive the very next time you have sex. Yes. Um, or similar. I think it happened to someone I know. Okay. I'm not going to say who, but I have a theory that someone I know who has twins, um, that that's HSG'd. how it happened. Yeah. Okay. So an HSG is when they check your... Basically, both both um, procedures are when they check the patency of your fallopian tubes. Patency, patency, lovely. As in, can things go flow through it by um, injecting dye and seeing whether it goes through. Um, with uh, I've had two HSGs, hysterosalpingograms. Yep. Oh, that's a good word. Yeah, and um, they did that and they use an x-ray for right. that and a quite hycosis. sore aren't they well the first one they're, they're they're uncomfortable the first one was fine the second one was agonizing right okay. but i feel like the person who was doing it mm. who i subsequently kept bumping into at my clinic um wasn't as experienced as the first person and i kept seeing her and giving her death stares and right. i'm not sure she knew why Probably not. She's the one that accused me of having a tilted uterus, even though no one has ever said that ever before. So she's no, definitely not your favourite person? No. Um, she's very pretty. Not that there's anything wrong with having a tilted uterus. No, there's not. But I hasten to add. She seemed to think there was something wrong with it. She oh. she was like quite accusatory in the way she oh, said wow. it. Rather than being like, oh, you've got a tilted uterus. Yeah. She was like, your tilted uterus is preventing me from doing my job. Oh, and I was like, off. yeah. But I think I just had a bad experience of yeah, maybe. what is generally not comfortable, but not awful. Okay. Um, but anyway. And a high cosy? Which sounds like some sort of warming slipper. <laughs> um, should we try and pronounce it? It's a real name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a high cosy I haven't experienced, but it's a very similar procedure, I think. I'm going to try and pronounce okay. it first, then you should try and pronounce it. Okay. Okay. It is a... Hysterosalpingo contrast sonography. Oh, that sounds great. Hysterosalpingo okay. contrast sonography. So an, uh, a hycosis is a little bit different because it is done through an ultrasound rather than an x-ray. But I think the rest of the procedure is fairly similar. Right, okay. Um, so the idea is that because they're injecting dye into your tubes, it kind of forces them open. Yeah. 
and therefore the next time you ovulate eggs just roll through like yeah come flying out come flying out um well, I mean, if it's if it could unblock certain things, yeah, couldn't it? Probably could. Um, with me, didn't unblock anything. No, I did assume that I was going to get pregnant the next day. Didn't. Right. Oh, so had you read that it makes you more fertile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So I was like, oh, well, this is a solution to all my problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first time, the second time, I was, uh, I was wiser. I was so wise, so wise. Yeah. Um, interesting. So it is a thing mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah. Uh, I have my theories about someone I know. Okay. You, it didn't work for you. Did not. So, should we find out what Professor Tim says? Let's. This is a very interesting question. Uh, traditionally, it's been felt that flushing the tubes during a high cosy HSG or laparoscopy does not affect subsequently the chance of conception. Uh, however, a recent study showed that with HSG, which is a hysterosalpingogram, and that's the procedure where uh, speculum is inserted in the vagina, um, fluid is injected through the cervix and then through the tubes, and then an X-ray is taken to see if the tubes are open. Now, a number of years ago, uh, the type of fluid used was what's called fat-soluble, so it would soak up fat as it passed through. There were some reports of some serious complications with the use of fat-soluble media, so there was a switch to water-soluble, which is what is routinely used now. And this recent study compared in a number of patients, um, it randomised them to either have fat-soluble or water-soluble media flushed through the tubes during a hysterosalpingogram. And very interestingly, it showed that there were more babies born naturally following use of the fat-soluble rather than the water-soluble. And the thinking was that perhaps the the fat-soluble media is actually maybe dissolving uh, plugs of fat or something that maybe are helping or um, causing problems with the tube. It was also thought perhaps that in some way maybe it's helping implantation, maybe the, the, the actual stuff in the media, the fat-soluble media, maybe it's helping embryos implant. No one really knows, but certainly there's increasing interest in the use of fat-soluble media during uh, flushing techniques. Thanks, Professor Tim. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed. Yes. Um, do vote for us. Do vote for us. In the British Podcast And while we do support you now also listening to Infertile Mafia, don't stop listening to Big Fat Negative. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I hope their American banty lols hasn't, uh, driven you away from us. There should be enough room in your life for two podcasts. Exactly, right? Yeah. Join us next week and we'll find out... Gabriella is pregnant or not? Fucking hell. You're right. That is a lot. How do you feel? I feel awful. Okay. I can't handle it. Cool. Yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Shit. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 